0: It's going to be a little bit different, because to be honest, I wasn't going to put an episode up this week, but then I wrote something, and I decided I wanted to share that with you guys, and then talk a little bit about it afterwards. So let's, let's not even, it's not even bullshit, let's get right into it. <laughs> this is a piece I put up on the website called Too Much of More Too Fast to See, I'm not going to complain about the world that is constantly accelerating around us or the shallow speed with which the ever-growing pile of media is shoveled down our throats. There are enough people doing that. And we are as much victims of our own weakness and glut as we are of the technologies which continually work to reduce the friction of our ceaseless consumption. I know that I read... Too rapidly. I read too much. I spend too little time contemplating, far too little time extracting value from each thing before moving on to the next and the next. It's probably why I've never been able to wander too far from my love for paper and ink. When I was in school, teachers used to refer to my handwriting as chicken scratch. What most of them failed to understand was that my handwriting was nothing more than me struggling to catch my hand up with my thinking, which is something I struggle with even today, even as I scratched out the first draft of this in an old spiral notebook. Though my handwriting has improved, I'm only beginning to understand that the struggle of handwriting is the exact thing that pulls me back to it in ebbing tides. I return to paper, rolling back across its shore, because it is there that I am forced to slow down. Only on paper can I escape the compulsion to accelerate. The old Basecamp camp blog was called Signal versus Noise, which refers to radio technology. Those of us old enough to have grown up when radio was still an analog media will remember the experience of slowly turning a dial to find a decent signal among all the static and noise. As a metaphor, it suits the age of excessive media through which we endlessly sift to find what we are looking for. Browsing has become an activity itself. Spending 20 or 30 minutes moving through the streaming titles until finally clicking on something appealing enough to watch. Or more accurately, there are so many mildly appealing options, it becomes a matter of weighing our desires against each other. It's no longer what do I want to watch? It's now become what do I want to watch the most? We've far surpassed the need for quantity. Now we must face a surplus of quality. After months of trying to keep up with podcasts and the accompanying Patreon bonus episodes, I'm finally overwhelmed. No matter how hard I tried, yes, I made an active effort. I could never seem to catch up with the feeds. No less keep up. Little red reminder badges became a daily stress. Imagine that. Imagine getting overwhelmed by too much bonus content. But it's reality. A reality that eventually unfolded to reveal... How little I cared about most of the bonuses I was receiving. and I'd become a patron to gain access to the exclusive libraries of lower effort content. I don't think I'm alone in that. It's the biggest misconception modern creators have. We believe we need to create bonus content to lure people into becoming patrons. But most of the people who choose to actually put forth the effort and the money to become patrons do it simply to support what we already do. They aren't in it for the bloopers in the cutting room for scraps. Most of us support creators for what they do already. The bonus content is better referred to as extra. It's the keychain you get with your suitcase. you take it because it's free, but it's the suitcase that you want. Sadly, it took me a fair amount of time to admit that I didn't actually want most of the extra content I was being given. I was happy with the main content, but unlike the keychain, I felt obliged to consume the extra content in the feed. Some shows dropping as many as three episodes a week. I started to feel the way about it that I feel about food in the fridge that's about to go bad. Guess I better pick out tonight, otherwise those bananas and yogurt and this hamburger are gonna go bad. They're gonna expire. Noise is anything that is loud unpleasant or causes disturbances, and having too much to consume disturbs me. I've become more concerned with emptying the feeds than with taking the time to actually enjoy any of it. It's a continual on-to-the-next mentality. It subsists on the mind's ability to forget what happened last when wrapped in what's happening next. Content overload disturbs that by overriding the present. I found myself living in a strange state of movement without awareness. And the semi-conscious daze fogged over more than just the content. It began to blanket everything. I had to let go of the extras. I had to slow down. I had to let the food spoil and dump it in the compost heap. There was a voice continually trying to break into the noise and tell me. But I stifled it. Shut up! I'm listening to this thing, whatever it is. We can avoid change for as long as we are able to avoid pain. But when pain plants a flag in your face, it becomes impossible to ignore. Nothing hurts more than the distance of pleasure. Remove the feeds. Consume less or lose interest in everything. Seeking value or spend eternity indecisively browsing. There's another side to being lost in noise. Another disturbance. Over time, I discovered an inability to create. The dullness of noise breeds impotence. Creation is a separate action than generation. Consumed by noise, we too can generate noise, but without the space for thoughts to expand, We cannot create. When we cannot create, we generate noise. It feels similar enough to satisfy our impulses, but it's just another symptom of our technological susceptibility. We generate noise because we fear silence. In a world of noise, we become afraid that if we are silent, we become invisible, non-existent to the others. In my day job, a client once told me, It doesn't really matter what we send in our email campaigns. It only matters that our name shows up in their inbox every week and that they remember we're here. I was surprised to hear that from a salesman, that salesmen rarely understand the purposes of marketing. It wasn't wrong. It's actually a useful mindset for business, but it's a shitty mindset for creators. It's a destructive mindset for creators, most of which, myself included, fall prey to it daily. The adolescent stage of the internet has turned us all into marketers, continually flagging our existence and feeds. It's not the fault of the sites, or the apps, or the algorithms. They only mimic what they are programmed to mimic. And the easiest thing to mimic is the measurable stock market spikes of commerce. Yet as creators, or dare I say artists, many of us have forgotten our goal. We did not set out to function like alarms, demanding recognition if only to be snoozed or silenced. Our goal is not noise. It is not self-validation. Our goal is signal. Our goal is creation. My goal is creation. It occurred to me that I'd spent too much time in recent years immersing myself in the thoughts of others, reading, watching, and listening to the thoughts of others and progressively less time, with my own thoughts. I lost signal and resorted to generating noise, reprocessing faraway frequencies. It's not the speed of consumption that is the cause of this, but rather another symptom of the unnameable root cause. We fear our own thoughts. We fear the potency of our message. We fear the effort. We fear the potential for futility. We fear that noise is what the world wants. We're afraid to pull away. Writers no longer disappear into cabins and emerge with manuscripts. They Instagram their coffee pots. They hover in between places, never fully settling into one. They keep their existence warm as it waters down. I know, the metaphor doesn't work, but I don't care. I need to go back to working on paper. The computer's too distracting. I need to reduce the podcast to once a month and remove the ticking deadline from my head. I need to stop shitting out half fast audio just so that I can say I'm posting bonuses. I need to put my words in writing primarily, instead of always using audio as the easy way. I need to work in drafts instead of rushing toward invisible deadlines. I need to allow myself to read some books without obsessively taking any notes. I need to become less visible and lose myself in thought. I need to be willing to accept sacrifices. I need to tune my dial. Okay, that's that's the end of the written, written portion. Now this is me talking afterwards commentary. One of the big things, this. I'm just going to talk about two big things from this. One of the big things, the first one, is this idea of working with paper. I've talked a lot about the Note app that I use, Obsidian, which I love. I would dare say that I'm obsessed with it. But the problem is I keep finding myself in this rabbit hole where I'm playing with features. That's kind of the lesser problem. The bigger problem is more that I'm playing with organization. I'm continually moving things around, trying to find this optimal, I'm going to say imaginary Optimal organization. And I can put things in a way that makes sense and then I can just leave them like that forever. So it has me continually creating folders or creating tags and moving things and retyping things because I changed the template. And all that does is stop me from moving forward, stops me from actually using any of this stuff to make anything, stops me from creating in general. So I'm just, I'm just treading water all the time. So as much as I love the app, at least for a while, I have to put it down and I have to carry around a little pocket notebook again and write down thoughts when they come to me and I'm doing my journal, my daily journal and my daily notes and everything, I'm doing it on my typewriter. I pick my typewriter up and I put it next to the chair that I sit in to watch TV on the, on the table next to it. And while I watch TV, I just sit there and I type away the notes from the day. And that's, that's gotta be okay for now. But it's a a bit terrifying. It's a bit terrifying because I'm sure you are too. I'm digitally institutionalized. I've become so acclimated to digital being the norm that the idea of letting it go is scary. Anybody that's like put away like calendar, digital calendars and digital task apps and decided they were going to try bullet journaling might know what I'm talking about. It's a little bit terrifying because you're used to these things, remembering things for you. Now all of a sudden you have to do the remembering again. You know, I keep telling myself, what am I going to do without search? But what I don't ask myself often enough is how often are you searching? You know, if I was, if I was producing writing on a consistent basis and continually dipping into my research and searching multiple times a day, like 10, 15 times a day, then my argument for paper is gone because absolutely I'm using that because I'm making something. But the fact that I'm not searching enough means I'm not creating enough. So I need to go back to the thing that I know works. And the reason I know it works is because I am 44 years old, I was born in 1977. Computers were just first being graded around then. Personal computers, most people started getting them in the eighties. We didn't get them in my household until like nineteen ninety four or nineteen ninety-five. That was when I had my first computer. So the bulk of my developmental period, the developmental age, up until like I was seventeen. I think I was seventeen when I got my first computer. Up until then. I didn't know what it was like. Everything was always paper. Up until a certain age, when it was no longer acceptable, I used to do my homework handwritten. And then when it was no longer accessible, I busted out a typewriter and I typed my homework. So as much as I've been able to graft on digital things, like everybody else attached to my cell phone and email and all of these things. But underneath that, the foundation underneath that is paper. And it doesn't show up very often, but like if I'm having I'm trouble conceptualizing something or I'm, I'm having trouble thinking something out without making a conscious choice, the first thing I do is leap to a piece of paper. I never leap to a computer. Now people who grow up with computers, I'm sure that'll be different for them. I'm sure it is. I say like, like they haven't been born yet. But for me, I'm still of the generation where underneath all of this digital stuff, there's still the base of paper. So I know that if I fall back to paper, that my brain can function like that because it's the first way it learned to function. It's the primary method that I learned to function. So that's the, that's one big thing. The other thing is about this podcast. You might be worried. You might've heard the part where I said once a month, yeah. So here's the problem. The weekly format just it, it doesn't work for me because here's what happens: Monday, I sit down and I put together all my notes to prep for an episode. Tuesday, I record the episode. I was also editing on Tuesdays, and I moved it to end on Wednesdays. Either way, you got those two three days right there, right? Well, while I'm producing those episodes, I'm not reading anything new. I'm not consuming any new content. So when it comes to collecting what I need for the next episode, it really boils down to about three and a half days. So it becomes a mad dash and I'm able to do it. There's two questions. Number one, how long am I able to do it? And do I really want to do it that way? Am I even enjoying any of the process? And if I'm not enjoying it, then what I make isn't any good either. And I've, I've been able to make things that I'm proud of up until this point, But I'm reaching the point where I'm realizing that's not going to be able to continue. The weekly production rate, which, by the way, is not a mistake that I ended up in the weekly production rate. I chose it. This is where I am right now is where I wanted to be when I sent out to do this. I didn't fall into this. This is exactly where I wanted to be. You know, if you started at checkpoint one, you could see to checkpoint two. So checkpoint two is where you wanted to get. But now that you're at checkpoint two, you can see beyond that to a checkpoint three and now that i'm here i'm looking and going okay how am i going to get to checkpoint three and what does checkpoint three look like and it doesn't look like the weekly thing because what i've learned through the process is all this starts to not only feel rushed but it also starts to block everything else out i haven't been writing as long as i've been doing the podcast i haven't been writing like i was before and i'm missing it it's not even the time. It's more so the space. And what I mean by that is mental space. The mental capacity, you know, all of the gears have been engaged in other things. And anything I write is just derivative of what I'm already working on for the podcast. It's impossible for me right now, and I've been trying to write something separately, to run a separate project because it takes up enough of it. And I don't want to continue like that. So I'm not going to. It's going to make things better. For me. And in the long run, people who are interested in the things that produce it and make things better for them, because that's how we're going to get to Checkpoint 3. As I said, this is where I wanted to be. And I've been knowing something like this was going to happen. I've been preparing. You know, I made the new website, was it like two months ago, three months ago? I don't remember. I've been playing around with how I'm mo- putting stuff on there, trying to understand how I wanted to use the website. And the great thing about the website I have right now is it allows me to do everything in one place and I haven't been doing everything in one place, but I've been doing more. Like I had the capacity to email, but I haven't really been sending emails. I have just been sending out emails when a new episode came out because once again, everything was focused on one thing, the podcast. Now that I can open up to other things, I have to look at that. So I have the journal, which is a, a feed on the website. That's just for short thoughts. You know, sometimes you, you have something that's like maybe 500 words. It's not fully thought out. That's what I'm going to use the journal for. Then I have the essays, which the thing that I just read before that will qualify as one of those. It's something longer that I've put more thought into. That's the stuff that I, that I really want to focus on more. That's one of the main motivating factors for giving my mel- myself more space is working on essays more. And I've, I've actually... In the last few days I went through and I added like something like 50 of my old blogs from, I've had like three or four websites over the years. I just went and collected all of that stuff and it's all on the website. Now, some of those things go back as far as like 2012. With that said, I can't stand behind anything that I said, any of them in any of them. Cause by the way, I didn't reread them before I put them on there because it took enough time to put up 50 blogs without reading them. Another thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start using Twitter again. I tried to use Instagram. You know, everybody's been talking about down with Twitter, up with Instagram. I can't do it. Instagram sucks. (laughs) It's boring. And it's too hard for me to do the things I need to do with having to always post a video or a photo. Most of the thinking that I do that I want to share online is exactly made for Twitter. It's like little brief things or links little thoughts. So I'm gonna use Twitter. And I'm gonna share it. I'm reading a lot of magazines recently. I'm reading a lot of blogs and stuff like that alongside the books that I'm reading. And I'm posting links. Every time I finish reading something, I'm posting the link. And if you don't have Twitter, don't worry about it. Not a big deal because I told you I had email built into the website. I'm gonna start sending out curated newsletters letters again. This just be curations of the links of things that I've written, and then the things that I've read that I recommend other people. Actually, I don't want to use the word recommend, but things that I've read that are interesting that might be worth looking at and reading. So if if you don't have Twitter, you can get it through those links through the email. Also, if you don't have Twitter, remember that you can still view Twitter feed without having a Twitter account. Twitter feeds, for the most part, are publicly accessible. Unless somebody chooses to have a private feed and I do not have a private feed. One of the other areas of the website is the support area. And the supporter area is premium content. You know, I just talked about bonus content. I'm going to put up stuff there, but I'm only going to put up stuff that I think is actually valuable. And we'll talk about what I think that's going to be in a second. But the support area is $5 a month or $50 a year. That's available to whoever is interested in supporting the podcast, the writing, the tweets, all the stuff that I'm doing. That's there. If you're already a Patreon supporter, nothing has changed for you. I'm not going to go and delete the Patreon. You actually, you should already have access. It's the premium content on the new website. When I went over the new website, I made sure all of you guys had access because it allows me to give patrons on Patreon complimentary subscription on the website. So that doesn't change. Nobody's going to get shafted here. And the Patreon's going to remain. I'm not like I said, I'm not deleting it. I'm just not going to plug it anymore because I just want to point everything in one place, which is the website. Patreon's still there. If for some reason people out there want to support more than the $5 a month, the only way that they can do that would be to go and use the Patreon. So the Patreon will remain for that, but the content will just all be on the website, all in one place in that supporter area for people who are paying to support. And then all the other areas for everybody. I put up some stuff in the premium area already. I put up three written interviews that I did with some artists back in the day when I worked for a magazine, I have like five or six more of those. I'll put those up as well. But then what I'm going to start to put in there is I'm just going to put up the highlights from my books, the books, when I read, I'm just going to put up the, the stuff that I think is interesting from the books that I'm reading and not from the fiction books, just from the nonfiction books. I'm going to put all that stuff up for the supporters so that all the book notes stuff will be up there. And I've said this before, and I want to talk about this in regards to the links that I mentioned before and in regards to the book highlights here. I am interested in how you think. I'm not interested in what you think. In other words, I'm I'm interested in the functioning of your brain and your reason and your rationality and your logic. But I don't have any interest in being some arbiter of truth. So as such, the book highlights and the links that I share, they're posted without commentary or with as little commentary as possible. If I have to add commentary to clarify something, I will, but I'm not going to moralize something before I put it up. Like this is a great article or this is bullshit. I don't, I don't need to signal that because I'm, then I'm already telling you what to think before you read it. It's not that I'm putting it up because I necessarily agree with the author. In fact, most of the time it might not be that at all. It's just basically it's anything that stands out. So it could be something that I see truth in. It could be something I see worth contemplating. It could be something that I find questionable. It could be something that I'm bothered by. It could be something that I think is ridiculous, or it might be something that I just outright think is false. But I'm not going to signal what that is. I'm going to let you, as a thinking human being yourself, read it and figure out what you think about it on your own. And then maybe if we're lucky, you will create some sort of reason rational debate and discussion around it as long as nobody's an asshole i'm all good with it i don't need to be rude we can all learn to disagree a lot better or you know it's so funny so many times i see people disagreeing online and the things that they're disagreeing over are they basically believe the same thing there's just like a minor difference it's not This idea of two polar opposites going head to head because polar opposites, let's be honest, online rarely interact because everybody's in our little bubbles. So the people who are usually arguing are people who are quote unquote on the same side and they're quabbling, quabbling? I don't think that's a word. (laughs) They quibbling over minor differences of opinion. So that's, that's pretty much all I wanted to say on here. Those are two big changes that I'm making. As far as the actual format of the podcast, I don't think it's going to change too much. It's still going to be me coming in with recommendations, pointing out interesting things that I've run across, except it's going to be better. It's going to be better because instead of me collecting stuff in like three and a half days, I have a month and I'm obviously not going to be able to bring in everything. So I'll have the ability to pick and choose the cream of the crop and bring in the stuff that I think is the best or the most interesting or the most puzzling. Whatever I choose, but I can, I can choose the strongest stuff. So I think in the long run, it will make the podcast better. So I'm putting this up as a bonus episode because number one, I think it's hilarious that it's kind of, uh, it's kind of pissing. On bonus content. So putting up as bonus content is funny to me. <laughs> and then I'm also putting up bonus con- as bonus content because it's just literally me reading something I wrote and then talking about it afterwards and giving you a sort of state of the union. So, uh, I guess we should get out of here. Just remember, I, I'm still going to say this. Remember, be kind. And, Be true to yourself. And don't forget, I love you babies.